Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 52 for Friday 20th May 2011. Squishy peas. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. Hello and welcome to This Week in Lotus. It's Stuart McIntyre here and we are back for episode 52. That's right, number 52. A whole year of This Week's in Lotus have gone by. Darren, are you with us? I am. How are you? Greyer. <laughs> I can't believe we've been uh, doing this uh, for a whole year. It seems like yesterday. It, it really does. You know, happy, happy birthday, Mr. President, right? Happy <laughs> birthday to you. Well, I tell you um, what, we've got somebody who could sing that to us. Because we've got your, your, I don't know how to describe her, your better half, Lisa Duke. Hi there, Lisa. Hey, how are you? We're good, thank you. So you can do good. the uh, happy birthday job on us? Oh, I don't, I don't think that would be a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> My singing is not that good, and the dog is in the crate upstairs, so you might hear him howling in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually the crate I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had to let Darren out today so he could go make me some money. Cool. Well, that, <laughs> well it's great to have you on as well, Lisa, because you, you know you you took part in in some of our first episodes. You've been back as a guest presenter since. So thanks for joining us. So we're going to have a bit of a review of the year this episode. We're going to talk about some news at the end, some of the stuff that's gone on this week, but mainly we're going to talk about this week in Lotus and, and what we've done so far. So. Darren, do you want to kick us off? I mean, you know, we started in May last year. It kind of seemed like a good idea to do a weekly podcast at the time, you know, discuss some of the news, get some tips, get some good guests on. How's it been for you? You enjoyed it? I, I do. It's it, it, it's a double-edged sword, right? I think you enjoy it while you're doing it, but on the Wednesday night when you've realized you haven't done anything to plan for the podcast, that, that's when you're like, oh, you know what, this kind of sucks. But it always seems... To come together, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if we plan weeks in advance and we have guests drop out at the last minute or, you know, we have to scour Skype for guests. We, we always seem to be able to pull a show out of nothing sometimes. <laughs> and, and I think that's, that's maybe the benefit of it doing it weekly. Yeah. You know, we, we, we kind of are able to cover a, a lot of stuff, not just you know, what I guess the faithful would want us to cover, which is the notes domino stuff. But we've we've covered an awful lot of stuff when you look back in, in the last fifty one episodes. And and that's that's enjoyable. We've touched on things that I, I, I don't even do on a on on a weekly basis. So we're having fun, we're learning stuff, you know. I think we're getting at least one or two downloads a week. So at least <laughs> somebody to listen. To. That's just me. 
okay. I have go. to listen to it every week just in case Darren told someone on the podcast that I, he would do something. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and Lisa, I mean, yeah, that's a good point to, to ask you about, really. I mean, as as a listener more than a, a host, how has it been for you? You enjoyed your weekly dose of the news. Well, yeah, a lot of times I work from home and there's nobody here, so I can just have some geeks mumbling in the background. I love it. <laughs> it, it makes it makes her feel like she's in the office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I have I have learned a lot. I like it when you guys have people on that explain what's in the new release, so I don't have to go and figure it out. And you've had some interesting folks on, so I've enjoyed it. And I think I think that's what we tried to to think about at the start was to cover. You know, as Darren's already mentioned, there's a real wide range of different topics, whether it's you know social or collaboration or development or um, you know selling or managing, as we discussed about connections recently. That you know, there's a huge amount of different topics we have covered. And also, I think something that I've been quite pleased about is kind of by getting people from different sides of the community, you get some really interesting discussions you wouldn't necessarily get if you just had a one-on-one type interview. So that's been one of the things that thrilled me. Is some really good discussions and and that's 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 twofold one i actually think you ask some very good questions i generally don't i just come up with the <laughs> one liners um although i will say i think i've had the most twill uh subjects of, of any definitely. single person and i've, I've i'm a, you're on a reticence lately i think the last two have been mine um but but i think one is you know teasing the information out and then two is the, the panel who, as we're going to talk about in a few minutes, are made up of, of all types of people. I think having that disparate connectivity helps a whole lot when you're driving the conversation. So it's not always us. And the one that springs to mind is is, is Matt Newman when Chris Paul was on with him. Uh, you know, I don't think me and you, Stuart, asked very many questions. And, <laughs> and, and that's, that, that's one of the big bonuses of having the roundtable panel kind of format. Absolutely right. You, you just get you know different synergies of people kind of coming at it from different angles. The other one that I think of is the one that you did on Xpages when I was away on a holiday. You had some really different views on whether Xpages is rad and how you put together Xpages apps and so on. And, and that was a really interesting discussion. So perhaps if, if we have a look back through the main topics, I mean, if we go back to the start last year in, in 2010, these are just some of the main kind of highlights we discussed the first few months. Things like, you know, the launch of new lugs, uh, the launch of the iPad, which I guess if we look back now, Darren, you know, the launch of the iPad was, was pretty big in terms of a, a non-Lotus-related topic, but it's actually had quite an impact on some of the mobile focus that Lotus has now got around some of its products. You know, the Galaxy Tab, you've got some of the Android uh, developers and so on. So that's, that's quite a big play now as we look back a year or so. I think getting in early that IBM did with, with the iPad stuff, and, and whether that was planned or whether it was just luck that Traveller worked, uh, you know, I think is, is th- doesn't really matter. The fact that it was early and often and they've subsequently betterized, for want of a better word, Traveller. <laughs> um, well, to use a Lisa euphemism there. Yep. <laughs> um, well, and if I can jump in too from a sales perspective, it is so, so fantastic and refreshing for me when somebody calls here and they said, yeah, you know, we're looking at mobile, we're interested in iPad, the CEO wants to get mail on his Android device, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're good. And they're like, what? Like, well, yeah, you need another piece of software, but it's free. And they're like, what? And they're like, well, how many services hours for us to for you to come and set it up? I'm like, well, we can do a proposal, but usually people just do it themselves. It's not hard. And they're like, what? <laughs> so it's so great just in terms of getting that message out that, 
you know, Lotus is current, Lotus is cool, Lotus is up to date. It does so, I think it does more than anything else I can think of in the last year or two to make the product look cool. And that's really, you know, the functionality is there. It's not a functional problem most of the time. It's a perception problem. So if you can fight perception with perception, from a sales perspective, it's just fun to have that and have it work so great. Absolutely right. And I think we'd probably all agree that the tablets are here to stay now in terms of their use. You know, I certainly noticed at Lotusphere this year, you know, the number of tablets around were just incredible. And netbooks, which are probably one of the big stories of early 2010, just, just don't seem to be relevant anymore. It's fairly significant, the swing that we've had there. Yeah, I was actually at the Verizon store yesterday getting ready for our trip to UK lug, um, having them I don't know, do some kind of surgery on the phone so it would work over there. And we were talking about the guy, actually, the guy at the Verizon store used to work with another carrier that we used to work with a lot. And we would follow that carrier around and install Bezes. And we were kind of talking about that era. And I said, yeah, you just don't see that anymore where people say, oh, okay, if you can install the Bez software, we'll take 500 devices. I said, where you are starting to see that is tablets. And he said, yeah, that he's got... um, small business owners walking in going, I need a hundred tablets. So they're selling like hotcakes right now, even to business. Uh, Do they understand that? Well, I won't go there. It's just a laptop without a keyboard. (laughs) 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 Well, but but I think, I think, I think Stuart is right. That there's been two major shifts in, in the mobile industry or mobile computing industry in the last five years. And they both came from Apple. There's, the pre-iPhone world and the post-iPhone world, yeah. and there's the pre-iPad world and the post-iPad world. And, you know, kudos to IBM for being one of the first to market w- with a solution. And I think Traveler is one of one of the rising star stories that, that has come out of what maybe remains of Lotus. Who knows what it's going to be called now? Um, but, you know, I, I want to I say congratulations because I think it is a good solution. Yeah. It, it, and and that's going to prove it. And we're starting to see a lot of people carry iPhones and iPads. And as soon as you put a travel or server at the customer site, people are lining up to get on it. Absolutely right. So it's been a phenomenal solution, that one. And, it, and that brings us on really to, to probably June, which in many ways um, was was kind of highlighted by the decline of RIM. We, we talked about it a couple of times in June. Um, you know, research in motion at the time, you know, because of this post-iPhone world, seemed to be disappearing and making some very strange decisions about acquisitions, which has come up against, uh, come up again you know, in the last month or so with their acquisition of, of Tungle too. And Darren, you've been a, a quite a critic of, of RIM through the This Week in Lotus series. Do you still feel the same way about that? Do you feel that, that they're going away? Yeah, and we, we were long-time RIM partners for an awful long time. And probably about three or four years ago, they made it really clear that they did not want partners who were not ISVs, who were not creating software that was going to go in the software store. And I think that was a pretty bad move for them. And, and they, I think their direction was the grass is always green on either side of the fence. We're in the enterprise. If we can just get the consumers, we will make so much more money. And you've got Apple doing the exact opposite. We're a consumer device and the grass is green on either side of the fence. Yeah. Uh, and I just think it was a mistake on RIM's part and they have never recovered from it. And I don't think they ever will recover from it. From, from, from wholeheartedly ignoring what that rank and file BlackBerry users were looking at when they were on the golf course playing with people that weren't carrying Blackberries. 
Yeah, and it's just interesting to see. We were, we've been, again, we were big rim advocates. We did a ton of Bez installs back in the day. And about 2008, they decided they were going to redo their partner program and start putting up walls and basically barriers to entry and kind of running off the small partners. And they took our um, partner rep away and just, you know, major attitude, basically. And we were like, okay, well, we've got other things to do. So we went off and did some 8.5 upgrades on Domino and stuff like that and kept ourselves entertained. And just within the last six months, they're like, oh, baby, I'm sorry I broke your heart. I want you back. I love you so much. And it's like, yeah, it's it's too late. They, they were even talking about... Can you do that again? I was <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. It's interesting now, all of a sudden, they're realizing, oh, maybe these little crappy partners really were doing something for us. They were our advocates. They were helping spread it. And, you know, I finally told the guy, I'm like, just take us off your list because I don't know what you want me to do. Every company that we deal with has a Bez and they're moving a percentage of their people off of it. There's nothing for me to do for you here, right? Like, mm. what what do you want me to do? You know, I can't go and install more Bezes because everybody has one. So, I, you know, and bless them. Again, when I was at the Verizon store yesterday, I was talking to the guy and we were talking about the BlackBerry tablet coming out. And, you know, I I said, and maybe it'll take off in enterprise because they do have that reputation for being secure. But I just, you know, everybody that's cool enough to want a tablet already got an iPad or a a Google tablet, like the Galaxy tab or something. I just don't know who's cool enough to want one that held out long enough to get one, but we shall yeah. see. And um, and that kind of consumerization of IT that you've mentioned with, with RIM, I think is, is something, again, we've come back to again and again with, with Lotus and, and how they compare to some of the others as well. So it's, it's another theme that's gone through some of the programs we've done. Um, July was all about uh, Northstar and, um, you know, some of the, the new kind of efforts that IBM making around, um, you know, web experience which again we'll come back to a bit later in terms of some of the news around this week august uh google wave died which again seemed to be when we started twill to be the big upcoming collaboration platform and ibm are going to have to kind of compete against that and i guess that's what vulcan was really was looking at how they might compete against wave darren how do you feel about wave do you kind of miss anything it was doing or, or do you just see it as being an experiment like many of google's that has kind of you know failed but they'll they'll have other ideas and move on to other things um well i only ever used it once because i logged in and it, i said hello and it was a bit like an echo chamber and nothing came back. <laughs> same experience i had it was it was like being in outer space right i was the only person out there and <laughs> i could see nothing else but, but I think, you know, Google have proved time and time again that they can recover from pretty brutal catastrophes. And, you know, within, within a week, it's forgotten, right? All, all the way through, all, all the way through the early months of Twill, May, June, July, the only thing on the news was Google Wave, Google Wave, Google Wave. It was on CNN, it was on NPR, it was on BBC America, it was freaking everywhere. And then all of a sudden it dies, and for a week everyone's complaining it's died, and then I haven't heard anything since maybe the third week in August. <laughs> so, so, so Google have, have taught their, their, their followers and maybe also the IT press, you know, it's, it's a bit like an Obi-Wan Kenobi mo- moment, right? Move along, there's nothing to see here. These are not the Google waves you're looking for. We're going to put it in other products. And then every, every new product they release or every new feature they add in, they say, oh, that came from Google Wave. And everyone goes, yay, Google Wave was great. See, we haven't killed it. <laughs> and, and, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a very good 
approach for anyone to learn how to control the message of when a product or platform is nuked, yet you don't want to give the opinion that it was nuked. Yeah. Well, and it's a lot different when everything is free, right? Like, how much can you complain when you're not a paying customer? So that makes a big difference. You have to be a lot more careful if somebody has paid to get on the thing and services to migrate them on and, and then you want to kill it or just change the name and pretend it's something new. That's It's a different game. And I think it was still sufficiently new that not many people have got significant amounts of information in there to move off somewhere else mm-hmm. as well. I have to say some of the stuff that was developed for Wave has been massively uh, impressive since. I mean, some of the collaborative editing that we use, you know, in Google Apps to, to get the, the doc together that we use for Twill is just still phenomenal. I still look at that and see Darren's edits moving around and the document changing as you look at it. And, that, and that's just phenomenal. And I look forward to it making it into some of the Lotus products over time. And I see Stuart checking, uh, fixing my spelling. <laughs> <laughs> once or twice, once or twice. The other, the other news from August was um, Notes and Domino 852 was released. That's still the current version of Notes and Domino. Um, you know, almost a year on, guys. How do you feel about 852? Is it something your customers are running fairly happy with it? Um, yeah, we've just done a couple of big upgrades lately. Um ironically enough it's from old versions like 656 was one of them up to 852 um i i still think you know it's going to be around for a, a while longer you know i'm not expecting to see 853 my guess would be october but i don't know anything mm-hmm. um I, I don't think that date has even been released to the design partners so even if i did know i couldn't tell you so that proves i don't know um so it's you know it's good it's stable we're on the second fix pack um, I've got to give IBM, you know, some some marks kudos. here for for com- <laughs> some kudos. Yes, there's, there's a theme. <laughs> kudos. Oh, so I've I've got to give kudos to IBM for, for coming out and basically saying, you know, if if you're on seven or six, don't even go to eight or just go straight to eight five because that's where we're doing all the development work. I think that took some kahunas. Um, <laughs> That's a nice way of saying cojones, by the way. Uh, I think that took took, took some 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 stand-up guys to come out and say that, and I think that saved them a lot of issues. And Deos is still still knocking the socks off people when they see it. Uh, we just had one guy who had a twenty gig mail file that the NSF went down to seven hundred meg after it was Deos enabled. Wow. Um, so that kind of stuff still astounds people, and they just don't believe it until they see it. And you can't say more than that about a product. That when when they see it, they are astounded. We just need to get the users to be astounded with these products, not just the administrators. And in September, we got Quick Rate Five, uh, some user groups, and and lots of stuff going on. X Pages Extension Library was also new. We had a really good discussion around that. In October, we had things like Symphony Three coming out, uh, the Cognos integration with connections. And I think probably you know a thread maybe through this is that. Sometimes it feels like the products we work with don't get updated that often with IBM, but actually if you look at the release cycle through a year, there were a phenomenal amount of updates through 2010 to most of the major products um, that you and I both work with. Uh, and, and so, you know, clearly there's still innovation, still still progress being made with all the products. And I think, you know, IBM needs to be congratulated for that sometimes in a way that maybe we forget to sometimes. Yes, yeah, fixed packs have new features. 
Yeah. And Lisa, do you, do you feel customers uh, keep up with the updates? Do you feel like that they realise that you know that, that the products are moving forward, or do you still see a lot of customers? I mean, you just mentioned an upgrade from six five. Do you still see a lot of customers on bat levels, or are they getting better at keeping up with the current versions? Uh, well, it depends upon by customers. Again, if you mean admins and developers or users, I think for the most part, users are pretty oblivious. Um, a lot of times there are new features and they don't know that they're in there or how to use them. So I don't know, from a user perspective, if it sends and receives mail, I'm fine. I'd like for them to look fresh and cool and web 2.0-y, but I don't know, a lot of the stuff that gets added in there, they never know about anyway. So I don't know, Darren, is that kind of what you're seeing too? I think the admins are super excited, like Darren was saying with Deos, and the developers are all starting to dig into X pages. And we do, to answer the other question, we do occasionally still get a call of somebody that says, I'm on R5 and I'm having some trouble getting it to work with Windows 7. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, caveman, let's, let's get you up to date with something current and then you can complain. So I don't know, Darren, what do you see when you talk to users out in the field? I think, to? I, I, well, I think, <laughs> I, I think a lot of the users don't know about the functionality, but when I'm there working with the administrators doing the upgrade and we're showing them stuff, you know, there's certain things that, that light their fire. And one of the ones that sticks to mind the other day was the whole dragging of the email to the desktop, which I think is completely and utterly irrelevant to the entire <laughs> use of anything to do with email. But it just lit off 600 sheriff's deputies all got excited <laughs> because of this one drag. And now they're all clamoring for their IT department to ins install 852 on the desktops so they can now start dragging email files all over God's creation. Well, that's a good thing. So, again, going back to some conversations we've had and that have been on Ed Brill's blog about, okay, great, you upgraded the server, the developers and the admins are happy, but everybody in the field is running around with software from 1992. How do you get users to experience, you know, to, to let you take over their computer long enough to upgrade the desktop? Maybe that's it. Like, if you let me work on your computer for 20 minutes, you'll be able to drag an email to the desktop. Ooh, okay. 20 minutes? You've never <laughs> installed 8.5. <laughs> well, that's how long it takes to start up, right? <laughs> kidding? I'm now, kidding. Now, 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 now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Now, one of the Again, it works for me. Is, one, one of the end user features that they love, specifically salespeople, is a new out of office. Right, to have the yeah. out of office on every six hours, you might be back from vacation by the time that person <laughs> was told you were out of the office. So having the new service really floats users' boats, and it's it's having the conversation about that kind of stuff, which they've always perceived as being a big problem, will will then get them excited about the upgrade. And it is kind of things that I would call irrelevant, but they seem to love like the drag and drop email stuff. Yep, and I will say. Again, if you don't want to get calls from salespeople, you better go ahead and get yourself upgraded and be using the new out-of-office because anytime I get an out-of-office like three days later from somebody, I'm like, ah, put these people on my prospect list and call and see if they need some help upgrade. <laughs> so you're giving yourself away, people. <laughs> you are good, Lisa. <laughs> Maybe an evil genius, but I am a genius. <laughs> 
So let's let's move on then into November, December. We had things like XPages, Source Control, Connections 3 was released, iLug took place, Bez Express, uh, go back into RIM subjects again. Um, things like the you know the the lead up to Lotosphere began. We began to have some discussions with some of the IBMers about what was taking place at Lotosphere 2011. Into January, a uh, big month as always for the Lotus community, loads of stuff about Lotosphere. I, I, one of the highlights I particularly had that month was, was getting Sandy Carter on the show for the first time, talking about how she was going to kind of move forward with the social agenda, and of course we then had social business come out of that at Lotosphere. Um, Lisa, let's start with you. How, how do you feel about social business looking back now, sort of you know, four or five months uh, on? Do you feel that it was the right move for, for IBM to, to go to with Lotus, sort of a, a new agenda, a new way of talking about the collaboration tools we, we've used for a while? Um, yes, I think they're absolutely on track, um, as is you know, kind of typical with IBM. I usually feel like they get the strategic, but they kind of fumble sometimes over the execution. I would love to see them highlight more what some of the partners and the folks in the community are doing about social because, you know, goodness, Chris Miller, Mr. I Do Notes, was social before most of the rest of us even had heard of it. So I would love to see them recognize more what leaders in the community have been doing for years and years already versus taking this approach of, you know, eight months ago I discovered social and now I will teach all you morons about it. So I don't think it's intentional, but sometimes, <laughs> sorry, I don't think it's intentional, but sometimes how that, that's how it comes across. And I would love to see more, right? If we're social and we're collaborative, then let's bring in the community, let's bring in the partners and the cl- customers that have been really doing leading, bleeding edge stuff and we're way out ahead of it. And, you know, also I'd love to see them do a better job of, I don't know if it's PR or what, but again, like Darren said, you know, Google can roll over in bed in the morning and they're on NPR when I wake up. Whereas with IBM, they're doing some cool stuff, but the message is not getting out to the general public. So I'd love to see them I think they've got some good points to make around connections and how they've used social. And I think for a big company, they're way out in front in terms of their um, policies and allowing people to um, use these tools. They've wrestled with some of the issues that big companies are wrestling with right now, but they've got to understand that some people were there before them and not everybody knows what they've done. So as usual there's a communication challenge but i think they're on i think they're on trend and it's it's a, a re- real and relevant thing for them to be keeping up with i'm going to be rather strange here and i'm going to defend ibm's policy on this because if you think about the average ibm business partner it's an old p or as400 or mainframe vendor who hired ex-IBMers when they got inevitably riffed. And so they have a staff of people who are 55, 65, and 75 who just have this big cadre of clients that they go visit once every six months and sell them a boatload of new stuff, right? That's, that's the normal IBM business partner. I think what this social business education stuff is aimed at is these people. It's not at people like us. It's, in fact, probably not even anyone, even in the new Lotus stack or the old Lotus stack, because we've been doing this stuff for 20 years. 
I think it's squarely aimed at the partners who are entrenched in old style activities. And and I think it's worth looking at that that, you know, we're not the only types of partners that IBM have and God knows how many they have, but you know, I'm, I'm guessing it's thousands. in the hundreds of thousands, yeah. So while I think it comes off as a bit what the hell are you talking about to people like us? I think for viewer people, it comes off as a what are you, what the hell are you talking about in a completely different way. <laughs> <laughs> and that That's is a fair probably point. the vast majority of the people they're trying to, to, to touch as far as the partners go and as far as the IBMers themselves go as well. And, and, and I think that's a good point in, in terms of not just partners but customers as well. You know, there will be customers that are way ahead of IBM in some of the social stuff. Maybe some of the startups, some of the, you know, the, the people that are in the social space will be ahead. But there will also be a, a, a vast number that are behind IBM and learning from some of the stuff that IBM is doing. So I, I guess it, it's a difficult path and to tread. But I, I certainly see it as, as IBM becoming relevant again to some of the stuff that consumers are doing. You know, we, we talk regularly about... Um, you know the IT that we use at home, the the tools we use at home, being ahead of what many businesses have, and I think IBM has kind of been clever enough to jump on that and, and begin to brand it around social business. Whether they do enough of it themselves, I think that's a kind of a, a point of discussion. But certainly that in the year we've been doing this, there's been vastly more IBMers on Twitter, on Facebook, you know, doing some of this stuff for real. And I think Sandy is leading that in many ways. And and while I want to applaud more IBMers being on Twitter I I just think that leads to a river of drivel to be quite <laughs> honest well I just like um, to see a lot of them be more authentic maybe not as overly authentic as Darren and I <laughs> sometimes we need to filter a bit more but you know all of them have my tweets are mine and mine alone and then they all read like press releases not out not all of them some people are cool and some people get it but a lot of especially the folks that are new it's like well if your tweets are yours and yours alone you can you know like be a little human so I think they'll figure it out over time, but I would just encourage them that, you know, it's okay to share a personal observation or a actual thought versus just, here's a link to a thing that mm, IBM released. Absolutely. Like, dude. And, and go look go look at who follows you, because if the only people that follow you are IBMers and partners, don't, tell, don't try and sell me the cloud. <laughs> well, and this goes back to, this has nothing to do with IBM, but one of my pet peeves on Twitter is uh, self-appointed social media gurus telling people that they will teach you how to do the Twitter nets. It's like, if I'm savvy enough to be on Twitter, I am probably not a potential customer for you, social media guru. Like, go present at the Chamber of Commerce. And the people that are not on Twitter, you can educate about getting on Twitter. But please don't tweet about how you're going to teach me how to tweet. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair point. <laughs> And if we move forward to, uh, you know, today, we're, we're still talking about Lotus rebranding. That's been one of the main discussions of the spring uh, here uh, on This Week in Lotus. We've also talked about business intelligence again. We had um, a really good, good lady, Tina Groves from uh, Cognos on, talking about business intelligence and social. We've talked about renaming the products. IBM Champions, of course, with Joyce and Mary Beth. Uh, we had Adam on from uh, ISW in Australia talking about iWildfire, you know, the new connections client for for iPhone and iOS. Um, and then we've, we've had that discussion about management of connections as well. So a really broad set of topics. I, I, 
I, I'm very pleased looking back that we've we've covered a broad range. I'm sure there's big areas we've missed uh, as well. I think something that's been interesting to me is how we've had kind of different numbers of downloads given the topic, particularly X pages. Darren always seems to be a very big topic for for download. And any time as an IBM executive on. Yeah. It's a massive number of downloads. And I'm pretty That's sure if we looked at the stats, it would all be from bluebird.ibm.com. <laughs> it's because they can order all their minions to listen to it. See, if we had more minions, we could order them to listen to our stuff. <laughs> Wouldn't that be neat? So if, if we move on to some of the highlights of the year, Lisa, why don't you kick us off? Are there any particular highlights you can think back of the 52 episodes we've done so far that are particularly memorable to you? Yeah, well, for those who wonder... Um, Hey, Darren and Lisa sometimes bicker on the podcast. We even bicker in the Google Doc for the show notes here. <laughs> I mentioned one of the highlights of the year as episode seven, where Darren admitted to being to enjoying being Rickrolled. And then in parentheses afterwards, he says, I think I said I liked Rick Astley. So see... <laughs> <laughs> This but also goes to show what I've got to put it with. She always forgets <laughs> the actual story was. Yeah, I, I remember the way... I remember things, not what really happened. But I just thought that was whatever it was that happened around Rick Astley, I thought it was funny. So that was a highlight for me. And then on a serious note, Michael Sampson and user adoption, I think this is going to just be more and more important. I think a lot of people in IT kind of came into IT straight out of school with their history degree or whatever it is, but IT was the place to be. And they've been there for a long time. But they sort of came in as email was being rolled out, and nothing major has really been rolled out since. Um, specific companies might have had specific projects, but in terms of a whole paradigm shift, there's not been anything like that since the people that are in IT now were first coming in. And I don't think IT really knows how to take a lead in bringing in new technology. I don't think the business really sees IT as thought leaders. I think they sort of see them as janitors for the server that, oh yeah, you know, they're, they're, they kind of keep things running. We've and, got to and keep the dust off the servers because people <laughs> insist on smoking around them. <laughs> <laughs> or letting dogs into the server room and getting fur in them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not just here. We have some clients that have had that problem. But um, no, I, I just, you know, it's going to be hard, but I would love to see internal IT sort of take a step out and, and lead this and do some user adoption around social software. I think it's a time for them to really take the lead and shine. Um, I don't know if, if we all have the right personalities for that, but I'd love to see that um, go on. And then another great highlight was the live show at Lotusphere, of course. Do you guys want to chat about that a little bit i i think it definitely was a, a, a highlight of, of the year um i was actually surprised how many people turned up given the fact that we were smack bang in the middle of tons of good boffs yeah um and it was the party just afterwards so people were rushing off to get to that too and it wasn't yeah. on the schedule was it or was it it was no it wasn't it wasn't no. on the agenda yeah so that's just word of mouth that's pretty impressive so that, that was pretty good. Um, I, I'd say my highlight was when we found out on the show whether Lotus Fear Party was going to be. I, I was shocked, and I even said at the time, I think, do you want us to delete, delete this out? Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, so the Lotus Fear show, I think, was actually a, a good one. It, you know, I think the atmosphere definitely comes through when you listen to it again. That's one of the few I've re-listened to. 
Um, I, I, I used to listen to them all, but then about episode seven, I got sick of my own voice, so I kind of stopped. That doesn't sound so, like you. Yeah, really. So unless, <laughs> hey, I don't like me preaching to me just as much as I don't like you preaching to me. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think the atmosphere came through. That, that was a good one. I also think the fact that when Stuart's away, we're still able to do shows uh, surprised the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked at how hard it was, and and I remember distinctly the first ever time you went away, Stuart. Yeah. Um, I I produced an entire show. I'd cut it all together, then I listened to it. It was only coming out of one ear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was good at. It took me like eight hours. I was like bollocks. So I had to go and redo it all again. Um, but it, you know, and that just goes to prove that, you know, God forbid. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but if Stuart gets hit by a bus, there may not be a this week in Lotus, but there would at least be this fortnight in Lotus. <laughs> there would be a, a, a left ear in Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and my highlights are definitely Lace Fish Show. I really enjoyed that. And of course, we're going to do another live one next week, which we'll come to a bit later. Um, I think to the Analyst Show, which I think I probably found the, the most difficult to control, but was also a, a big highlight in terms of the energy of, of the speakers, particularly... Um, James uh, Governor was was particularly special on that one. So they're, they're probably my highlights. I'm sure we'll have more as we go into the second year of, of This Week in Lotus. So of course we've done 52 episodes and we've had a good number of different people on the show. We've always been very thankful to our guests for joining us and giving us time out of their busy schedule. Darren, I think you've done some looking at some of the stats from some of the shows. Yeah, um, I now know that Lotus Notes has no reporting capabilities at all. I used to know that, and I apparently forgot. But trying Cognos. to get you need Cognos. Now we need to get. I need to talk to Integra, the guy from Integra yeah, from North again, and, and we'll get something to to make this easier the next time. Um, but the long and the short of it is, over the last fifty-one episodes of the last year, we have had a grand total of one hundred and thirty-five guests, not including me nor Stuart. So that's that's a pretty good number, which I think is about 2.6 guests per episode. And some we had no guests. They, I think we only ever had one or two where that happened. And some we actually had four or five guests, which is, they're usually the ones that last for two hours, the shows. Absolutely. And yeah. you're, you're, you didn't eliminate duplicates or anything. That's just guests per episode counted all Correct. up, right? Yeah. Now, yeah, I, I didn't look at who... I didn't like eliminate duplicates, but when I was counting them, uh, it does seem like Joyce Davis is probably the most repeated, repeated guest, which was a surprise to me. Yeah, she's sneaky like a ninja. Yeah, she, <laughs> she knows how to do this community stuff, apparently. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it, yeah, I've done a quick look at the stats, and we've had, uh, you know, the majority of people on this show have been from the US. Uh, it's kind of understandable given how many IBMers are out there. Also had a good number of people from the UK. So it's about 55% USA, 33% UK. So what's that in total? It's about 90% English speaking, which maybe we need to change a bit. Um, also had guests from Australia, uh, from ar- around Europe, uh, from uh, Malaysia and Asia. So um, so a good, good group of guests from around the world. Also had a split of about uh, 40% business partners. There's 35% or so um, IBMers and the, the rest customers and analysts and ISVs. So a, a really good split of different people. And, and again, I, I think that was one of the aims of the show was to have, kind of have, you know, dynamic of people from around the community. And I think we've achieved that quite well. Yeah, and we've had 36 different animals in the background. 
<laughs> you've had birds and you've had dogs and probably a few crocodiles. Cats. <laughs> uh, crocodiles. Yeah, that was a Florida show. Uh, that was in Orlando. <laughs> in the fountain Sorry, at, the, at the dolphin. That was alligators. Yeah, we've had a dolphin, we've had a swan. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so Lisa, um, yeah, you've been a, a loyal listener. I see tweets from you about the shows as you listen to them. Anything you've learnt from uh, from this week in Lotus that you can particularly remember? Yeah, yeah. Again, definitely a lot of stuff about what's new with the products. Um, I think one of the sort of unexpected um, finds from this week in Lotus was Dog Your Nation, and so I've been listening um, to that podcast. Uh, is it Andy Piper that was on the show? That's, yeah, that's from right. Dog as well yep so i've i'm now up to date on all the latest breaking robot news um so i've been listening to that and then um chris paul sold me a book he was talking about the um, zappos story and so and he sold you some shoes don't just say <laughs> well after i read the zappos book i'm like what a great company i should support them and i need new shoes <laughs> I'll actually be bringing some of those shoes to uh, UK Lug, so that'll be fun. There's more than one pair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Should have seen the box, dude. <laughs> the, the, the UPS guy nearly got a hernia. Yeah, the box was the size of a small doghouse. There you go. Come on this week in Lotus and advertise your wares. Lisa, at least, will buy them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the only person that's ever bought shoes as a result of this podcast. I feel comfortable saying that. <laughs> probably. Darren, what have you learned from doing this week in Lotus? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. Um, a, a, a lot, and honestly, this is a bit of a fluff answer, but but almost too much to kind of comprehend. You know, ev- every week there are good tips which automatically rule out any of mine <laughs> um, that, that that are very useful, and and I go back and, and and I look at and I use some of the stuff out there quite a bit. Um, I also think we we have a bit of a a better view of how the inside of IBM works, you know, thanks to the likes Absolutely. of Luis Benitez, Luis Suarez, and, and particularly Chris Paul when he came on, I think, did a lot for that pro- pro- process. Um, and, you know, so I think it's just, you know, how how great the people in the community are. And I think people have to understand that the community is not just non-IBMers. It also, that, that sphere of influence also goes deep inside of IBM with the likes of David Hay and, and Ed Brill and, and like I said, the two Luises, Joyce and Amanda, you know, it's... And it, Mary it goes Beth. To, yeah, Mary Beth as yeah. well. Lots of people. Too, too many to mention, in fact. 135 of them. Um, and, and the fact that we have enough to talk about on, on a weekly basis is still kind of shocking. There's, there's, there's weeks where we don't have anything in the Google Doc on the Thursday morning and by the time we record, it's full. It's just kind of strange. So, Darren, are you saying it's not the community versus IBM? IBM is part of the community? Oh, no, it's definitely the community versus IBM. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and I she set you though. up so well. <laughs> I tried. That was, that was I couldn't miss that one. I was, that, I, I couldn't, that was a swing and a hit. Aww. Was a um, <laughs> the, the, the other interesting thing is that, that how easy it is to do this on free tooling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything, when I do a podcast, and I, admittedly my quality is far so substandard to stewards, um, but but even when I do them, I don't think I'm using a single paid piece of software to do it, which I think is quite astounding. 
Yeah, I'm only using one paid bit of software, which I'll mention in my tip, actually, when we get to it. The rest of it is, is all free to use. Um, yeah, well, and, in, I was just going to say, keep in mind, customers actually do have to pay for Lotus. So, yeah. And actually, as partners, we, we pay for it, too. There's a bundle. So you did pay something for your Lotus very software. True, but no, 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 no. no. I, mean, I, mean, I mean for the recording. Ah, uh, right. I was... I wasn't saying that we use the entire IBM portfolio gratis because no. the, the IBM license and Nazis will have a helicopter over my office in a few seconds. <laughs> and I think that brings us on to, on to Skype, which, of course, is, is the main bit of software we use. And, and given the news of the last couple of weeks with Microsoft buying it, undoubtedly, we, you know, at some stage we will look at alternatives. And it's really hard to think of an alternative um, that would enable us to do the show in the way we do with you know, five or six guests each week with chat and voice and you know, all the stuff we we do is, is it really does make this podcast possible as it does many thousands of other podcasts that are out there so it's going to be tough to see how we move on from that if we do move and maybe we just don't yeah exactly maybe we don't maybe there is nothing else that would do the job that skype does and maybe it doesn't matter if it's microsoft product who knows um i mean some of the things i've learned uh, are how many great people there are in this community who are willing to give up time and and you know, sometimes drop everything at the last minute to come on the show, given the lack of preparation. Sometimes we do. Um, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, 135 people have given up. Uh, you know, an hour plus of their time. Fantastic. Um, and how many IBMers that are willing to reach out? You know, some of the people that don't get the, you know, the the kind of prestige and the notice that people like Mary Beth and and Ed Brill do. Some of the internal folks in IBM that we've had on the show that haven't been known to the community before they've been on, but have just been so knowledgeable. And been so willing to share uh, it's fantastic to have them on and i think the, the other thing sort of slightly negative is how tough it's been to keep the audio quality high and undoubtedly some of that is down to to me <laughs> some of my recording processes maybe have failed sometimes but also i think it just is a really tough job and it makes you realize how the professionals um must must do it you know must put so much effort and money into actually doing this and so you whilst you can do it for free or cheaply it's actually really difficult to keep the audio quality high sometimes on that basis and and I think our listeners forget that the the guests are separated by six thousand miles of water. Well, and then and we're not professional audio people, right? Like we try to do a good job, but if sometimes it all comes out the left left ear, it's like, well, you know what? It's free. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And 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 the other thing I probably want to touch on is, you know, I'm I'm very grateful to the people who get up in the middle of the night to do this. You know, the guys oh, yeah. in, in specific time, Tom Duff. Uh, you know, Bruce every now and again, you know, but these, I mean, I don't think Tom ever goes to bed, so he's maybe the outlier <laughs> here. Um, he's always on Twitter. It doesn't matter when I'm up, Tom's always tweeting. It's strange. He's like, he's like the turtle. He's uh, a bot. Uh, that may be why. It may, it may be him and the turtle are just two different people, but they just swap accounts. Uh, but, but absolutely bottom of, of the heart, thanks to, to the guys that, that do get up at four three o'clock in the morning to be on this podcast and even late at night the guys in australia were doing it at 11 12 and one o'clock in, in singapore um so you know it, it would not be this would not be anything without the guests very well said dan absolutely completely agree and and lisa and any you know already mentioned you about particular um sort of favorite highlights any funny things that you can remember any bits that made you laugh out loud from from some of the stuff we've done yeah, one of my all-time favorite moments, and, you know, 
Darren always comes up with some good one-liners, but when uh, Mr. Monk Chips was on and he went on this huge rant about IBM renaming products and, oh, just change the name. That will fix everything. That, oh my gosh, I was The AS400 rant, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. That was excellent. And, you know, he's totally right. It's like, yeah, he's he's spot on, but he just got so into it. It was so much fun. I enjoyed it. I, I remember. Let's call it I. That would make it so easy to search for on Google. <laughs> made me laugh. And then Apple brought out a whole line of products that began with the letter I. <laughs> Very true. Darren, any any things you can particularly remember on that front? Oh, it's, it's difficult to pick out one, mainly because I, I, I'm, I'm like a sports player. I try to forget exactly what I just <laughs> said because it would get me in so much trouble if I went around the world remembering who I just pissed off that week. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I, the X Pages one was, was was pretty good. We've had a few X Pages ones, and I think they've kind of covered the gambit of, you know, okay, what is is it is is that is it working? And if it's working, why don't we have the ISVs? And I also think we've had the look at the good stuff coming out of X pages like the source control and the extension toolkit and and then the the other thing is you know like you said we're starting we're getting to talk to people who most people have never heard of you know Sean Brown I've known for a number of years great guy who heads up the protector side of the house um you know he deserves a bit more talking time than than, than he gets inside of outside of IBM uh, the same with Scott Souter, who I think is probably the longest-serving Lotus employee we've ever had on the show. Um, and, and that probably is, is what, what sticks in my mind is, you know, we, we're getting not just the breadth of coverage of, of the products, but we're also getting deep, deep, deep knowledge from, from, from these internal IBMers who some people have never heard of but, but are legends. I thought the one that you guys did with the guys that wrote the X Pages book was really good Ooh, too. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was that was a marquee one, um, because I think it was an interesting take on what could have been a very fluffy book. But they did such a splendid job. I don't. I think the podcast is just the ice on the cake, where you know they talked about the process and and how long it took, and 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 I think. You know, us, us as individuals, we're all saying, well, we want more Lotus books. But now you realize it takes like a year and a half to get them out. You can understand why it suddenly comes out and it's, hey, getting started with Lotus Notes 7.0.2 because it took that long to write. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this, you know, that has to also be said about, you know, uh, the quicker book with uh, Eric, uh, Keith Brooks and, and, and them, that crew, and then also the same time books with, you know, Marie and Duffer and, and now Gab Davis doing theirs. You know, I think there's a, a definite resurgence that we've seen in, in the marketability of these books, which I think has also come across in the podcasts. Yeah, and I will say if you run into any of these author, authors, because Duff Burton and I had some private conversations, let's just say they're not doing it for the money, so do thank them when you see them. They're not, you know, smoking hundreds. It's it's really a labor of love, so thank them when you see them at Lotosphere because they've put in, Absolutely. or at UK Lug, they've put in a ton, a ton of work to make these books available for everybody to be able to do their job better. And if they are smoking hundreds, it's monopoly hundreds. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, I, another good one, too, was the one, Stuart, that you did at NLUG last fall. That was hilarious. Yeah. The live shows definitely have a different vibe to them. They're, they tend to be uh, very rowdy but very fun. 
Absolutely. I remember we had Bill Buchan on that panel, which always ensures you get a pretty pretty fun hour. So that that was a good one. And uh, again, I hope UK Lug will be as good. Uh, of course, we've had some running kind of themes through the shows, haven't we? We've already mentioned RIM being on the slide and some of the anti-RIM stuff we've, we've talked about. Um, I, I must say, I, I've not made the best job of some of the surnames. You mentioned Scott, Scott Sauder a minute ago. Um, I think that's just one of the many that I've uh, <laughs> messed up through the shows. And and what what the listeners don't realise is a lot of them are cut out. But I, I would I would say at least every two weeks to every three weeks, there's at least one surname that Stuart butchers on the beginning, and he always says, you know what, I need to ask before I start telling these names, and he kind of just never does, and that's kind of an ongoing joke. But every, every few weeks. We, we have someone who said I was gonna, originally I was going to put the UK and US names he gets right but it's actually he gets a lot of the US <laughs> names wrong as well <laughs> my personal theory is Darren that's how you got selected to be the podcast host is because Stuart could pronounce your name <laughs> well yeah I, I, I had a change when, when I moved to the States I had to change the pronunciation of my name because the Americans just don't get it yeah I've never heard a, a I mean, we have a university here, and it's Duke. It's like D-O-O-K. That's how it's pronounced, Duke. <laughs> it is not Duke with a J somewhere in there, and it really confuses all the Americans. So, yeah, Darren is uh, a little nervous about going back. He's going to see his family after UK lug, and they're going to tell him he says his name wrong. So he's going to get in big trouble. And, and, and the last time I was home, my sister was like, Oh, my goodness me, Darren, you've changed the family name. Do you want some tea? <laughs> <laughs> And Darren, just to pick on you for a moment, uh, tips has been a, an interesting topic with you, hasn't it? <laughs> in fact, I'm not even sure we have a tip for this week yet, do we, from you? No. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, but I, 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 this has always been my problem. I probably used all of my good tips in like the first four episodes, and I should have known better, um, and I should have held off. And it's not until lately where I've had another good one, which was, uh, you know, Remote Desktop Manager, which is a brilliant tool. I use it all the time now. Um, but, yeah, my, my tips are a bit... Uh, I can't use the word I was going to use in, I'd use in America. Uh, are a bit dubious in quality. But I would challenge anyone to sit down and write sequentially 52 tips. Go. Yeah. Tough job. We'll let you off on that one. Thank you, Darren. <laughs> and, um, you yeah, know, as we look back, it's, it's also good to look forward to. So as we go into our, our second 52 episodes, anything that you think uh, we want to do differently in year two? I'm certainly thinking that, um, yeah, when we look at the stats, we've got an awful lot of um, IBMers and business partners. It'd be great to have more customers and analysts and journalists and some of the people from outside the kind of traditional community on the show for sure. It almost looks like we hunt down guests, and it would be nice to have uh, uh, some volunteers as opposed to us having to go out and lasso them and drag them kicking and screaming onto the podcast. Well, I imagine uh, it's the, uh, you know, tiara syndrome. Everybody's sitting back waiting to be chosen, but it's probably good for you guys to mention, like, hey, we want to talk to you if you're in the Lotus community and you have absolutely. something to say. Volunteer. Don't make us chase you down. We're we're busy too so yeah have them how should they do that if they want to be on well basically contact darren and i either via twitter or um or, or asw at lotus, <laughs> <speaking> lotus. 
<laughs> no, ideas at thisweekinlotus.com. If you can just email us, uh, we would love to hear from you. And it's, it's a topic that came up recently when we were discussing IBM Champion. You know, IBM uh, IBM is suggesting people self-nominate themselves to be a champion. And, and certainly over this side of the pond, it's something that everybody goes, why, you know, why would I do that? Why would I put myself forward for that kind of thing? And I think that's probably how people feel about uh, This Week in Lotus. You know, and you said it, uh, Lisa, I, I think... Um, you know, please do put yourself forward. If, if you're particularly a customer or you're, you're somebody that is outside traditional Lotus community, maybe you're from one of the geographies we haven't spoken to so far, please do get in touch with us. We'd love to have you on the show. More voices, the better. And then the other, the other thing that I'm always shocked is is the lack of comments on the This Week in Lotus blog site. It, it, it always, When I was going through counting the numbers this morning of the guests I was kind of shocked how many zero comments there were on each of them well and I think you gotta think about how people are listening to this a lot of people are putting it on their iTunes and listening to it on the train or while they're walking the dog or something so I think like one of the comments somebody said something on one of the past episodes about they were arguing with their iPod so I think people are having comments in their head while they're walking the dog and they just may not be in a place to comment but I guess your point is hey if you're listening we would love more feedback post something on the Facebook page or in the comment section of of the website correct absolutely and and again when, when we have had those discussions in in the comments we then kind of turn that into a subsequent discussion on the show with some of the people who are involved you know being guests on the show so it would be great to have that kind of continuity um continuity even um through the through the shows and, and get some of that discussion going on so there you go it's not just guest names i mangle um <laughs> and it, it is it is good news I've, I've actually got two people who've contacted me in the last couple of weeks about Come upcoming shows so it, it may, maybe maybe the worm is turning or maybe people just have something to sell now yeah, yeah and I will say don't email Darren and expect him to read your email <laughs> <laughs> And, and the other thing that we've been very grateful um, for is Mary Beth Raven in particular has suggested a lot of really good IBMers that should take part. And, and so, again, we've gone through some of those. And so, again, if you know somebody else in the community that you think should be on the show, then please do suggest them. You know, obviously, get them to volunteer maybe might be a better way. But it would be great to have, again, more people on the show than we've had currently. And while we're on the subject of champions, it's closed, right? It yep, has, as of yeah. the 15th. Okay. And so I think they're going through the kind of judging, if that's the right word, judging panel kind of stage, <laughs> deciding who are going to be the champions. So I look forward to I look very good that. in a bikini, so I will win. <laughs> and wow. I want to cure world peace and poverty. Wow. I just had a mental image of Borat in a mankini when you said that. <laughs> I'm moving rapidly on. Um, it would be yellow. It would be yellow. Uh, it would, okay. Uh, and of course, next week we have, um, you know, another special show we have our uk lug live show uh, all three of us are going to be there along with matt newman and, and many of the other guests that have been on the previous shows panel isn't quite confirmed yet so we'll tell you about that obviously next week on the show um it's taking part it's taking place sorry on monday lunchtime monday uh, lunch is scheduled between 12 50 and two o'clock so it'll be in that slot in one of the the session rooms and really look forward to that lisa are you looking forward to taking part in that show Oh yeah, it's absolutely going to be fun. I'm enjoy. I'm looking forward to it already. It's going to be very funny. And we'll be recording that, of course, and uh, releasing that as our episode for next week too. Um, and and if you are at UK Lug, go grab your lunch, come back and speak to us. It'd be you know, or come back and listen to us. It'd be great to to have you in that audience. It certainly does add to the buzz having a live audience there, no doubt at all. 
Yep, he and meant, we will we'll have... get your lunch, come back and heckle us, is what he meant. Yeah, yeah. No, that's usually my job. I'm chief heckler, um, especially when Darren's presenting. He actually said that he was really excited that I was presenting at UK Lug so he could be in charge of heckling. So that'll be fun. But we have some free <laughs> stuff we're going to be giving away as well, correct? We have, yeah. Um, yeah, We've got some, some clothing items and some stickers and various other things. Of course, Lisa, you've had a, a part in pulling these together. Quite excited about people seeing them. Yay, me too. Cool. And, and some of the clues to those are, are shown on our Facebook page. Another good reason to go to facebook.com slash This Week in Lotus and have a look at some of those too. So let's um, quickly round up where we are with some of the news around the community, um, having just kind of rounded up our year on This Week in Lotus. So um, first of all, UK Lug obviously takes place next Monday and Tuesday, 23rd, 24th in Manchester. Uh, Lisa and I are presenting a session. What, what time is that on, Lisa? Do you know? Uh, it's the last slot of the day, end of day Monday, so I'm not quite it's sure. Four thirty to five thirty. Gotcha. Yep, and that's going to be on social business. So inside and outside the firewall, how businesses are using social. So if there are no chairs left when you go to try to sit in Mary Beth Raven and Matt Newman's <laughs> session, come on down the hall and see Stuart and I. And we're going to do. Something a little bit different because we figure after sitting through an entire day of PowerPoints, everybody is going to be kind of brain damaged and numb. So we're doing minimal, if any, slides and we're going to have a real conversation, kind of like what we're doing on the podcasts around some of these topics. So it should be a little fresh, a little different. And um, so we hope to see, you know, the two people that won't fit in Matt and Mary Beth's session there. Hey, we can just record that and that can be episode 53. <laughs> hey, and um looking at some of the other news uh same time 852 was announced yesterday on the 18th um it's lost its uh, its uh, lotus name it's now just ibm same time 852 um it looks like there's some really good fix in there i'm not part of the same time uh, design partner program i don't know whether either of you guys are uh, but it looks like there's some really good uh, developments in there particularly solving some of the issues with firewalls uh yeah the much missing Reflector, I think, is supposedly fixed by the NAT issue, NAT new stuff. Um, I was not on the call yesterday. I was kind of following the tweets. Uh, you know, it looks like IBM is starting to take same time seriously again. Uh, I think this is 852 should have really been what 85 was, but I guess they had to get something out in market for a while. Uh, and isn't there some new Android stuff in there as well, I think? There is indeed, yeah. I'm just trying to um, to pull up the web page about it. I think there's an Android client in there. There's also some stuff uh, about audio and video now being available in uh, the web client as well, not just in the uh, in the rich client. So I think there's some really good new stuff in there. There's also a new product, same time Unified Telephony Lite, which um, is is a quite a big deal. There's some new stuff in there as well. Um, you know, Unified Telephony is a pretty expensive product. I think this is going to be a much cheaper option for people. So its name is Subtle. <laughs> it's a very subtle product. <laughs> very good, Lisa. <laughs> so, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I'm, I'm confused here. How, how do you create telephony light? Do you, do you like only allow <laughs> hearing? Do you only like speaking? It's like a microphone that you got to click it and say over. It has fewer hmm. calories. Oh, there you go. It's, it's like Miller Light. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Actually, that would be a good topic for a June. Um, this week in Lotus is if you could have Carl Tyler and whoever the Carl Tyler of... That's, that's someone's same time telephony light ringing right now. 
Hello. Is this a uh, subtle call? I could tell it was light because it only rang once. <laughs> oh, goodness. And um, also announced this week, Ed Brill has been speaking this morning at DNUG in Germany. And I've only seen a, a photo of a slide so far on this, but there's going to be a new XPages application server license for Domino, which sounds pretty exciting. It looks like this might be the new um, you know, Domino utility server license, which will help everybody. I know, Darren, you've been a, you know quite a critic of the cost of utility server. Uh, it should be good to have for some kind of new license in that area. It will be, and I understand how long and how hard it is for Ed and his gang to get this changed. Um, so, you know, that, that is good news. That's kudos. <laughs> yes, there's another theme. How many times has Darren said kudos in all 52 episodes? It's actually uh, a drinking game. You know, every time Darren says kudos, you have to chug. <laughs> Answers on a postcard, and the winner is Stuart's replacement when he goes on his vacation again <laughs> in two and a half weeks. Um, uh, no, I think the XPages application server is a good idea. It, it helps the ISVs, specifically in that market, the guys that, that build out this, this, the XPages apps like Elguji, Group, uh, anybody else that has an XPages app that I'm forgetting to mention. Um, utilities being horrendously expensive, hopefully this would be somewhat, if not by magnitudes, cheaper. Uh, either way, I think it's a good thing. Absolutely. You can never have enough licenses <laughs> I, I would beg, beg to differ on that one but there we go um, and also happening this week was the exceptional web experience conference in Orlando what used to be the portal uh, conference uh, there was a little bit of news coming out not much in the way of press releases um, or live streaming for instance was missing this time which is a shame um, but there, there were previews of portal 8 and some new stuff around web content management being uh, discussed there so again if you're in that particular space if you run portal it's well worth you having a look at some of the news that comes out of that conference and I do love the way that the exceptional web experience, the acronym is you. E W E. Yes, the, the the men who stare at sheep. <laughs> it's a bad idea changing all the product names again. <laughs> <laughs> We've missed you, Lisa. What would Mark Chip say? <laughs> I, I, I was actually shocked about we're so used to the you know 6,000 people plus Lordosphere but, but I think people forget that Portal Excellence which is now exceptional web experience you know that's a that's a much smaller you know I think the, the OGS had what 450 people in on, on yeah. the high side I guess so you know I think some people were shocked about how small it is but I think it's always been an historically small conference because you know the long and the short of it is you don't usually have a mom-and-pop store on the corner putting in a portal server. Well, and the thing that I don't quite understand, and I don't think I would understand if I were an IT manager looking at budgets, is if Portal is part of Lotus and we're going to talk about it at Lotusphere, why is there a second, like, here's what's new in the last five months conference? It seemed like if they brought Portal into Lotusphere, then why have this separate conference? So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of people that are like, you can go to Orlando for Portal stuff once. Which one do you want to go to? Yeah. And they're like, well, there's better parties. No, it's all about keeping it outside of the Lotus name so you don't turn off the people. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> Con 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 Conspiracy theory of the week. 
Yeah. Wow. We've got to have one. I, I, I think, <laughs> I mean, I, I was certainly along with that. I, I was shocked at how small the audience was because, I mean, certainly from, the, very grateful to somebody, and I, I can't remember who it was that did the live streaming, basically held up their webcam and, you know, held it there for an hour for the keynote. But it, it, it certainly seemed like it was one of the smaller rooms they used for Lotusphere. You know, one of the, the breakout rooms was the, you know, the main room for the conference, which, again, just gives you a clue as to the difference in, in the size. And yet, so many resources go into this portal stuff, into the exceptional web experience, um, you know, campaign, North Star, all the stuff that IBM's launching around that. And yet, you know, the audience for conferences is so much smaller. And, and I guess it's all about the size of the deals and size of the customers that are, are buying this stuff rather than about the community that's around it. Because I'm sure the community is so much smaller than the traditional, you know, notes and domino community that we're used to in, in the Lotus environment. So interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll certainly hope to make it to one of those conferences one day. I'd love to see the differences uh, for real, uh, you know, in person. So let's move on to our tips. This is always one of the favourite um, parts of the podcast. This is where we ask our guests for a a tip, a um, product, a site, a tool that they use on a regular basis. So Lisa, given Darren hasn't got a tip yet in the document, why don't we start with you? What's your tip? <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is more of a plug than a tip, but I'll count it as both. If because um, everybody that listens to this podcast is super cool and in the know. But if there are people in your office, maybe not quite so super cool and in the know, some managers, some line of business people who don't quite get social but are interested in learning about that, uh, definitely do let them know about the Get Social, Do Business podcast. Um, we also have a Facebook page and a Twitter account. Both of those are Get Social, Do Biz. Um, and we'll have a link in the show notes to the website where the podcasts are or it's on iTunes. But um, the intention is to be a fairly non-technical discussion of how people are actually using some of the social tools to do the social business thing. So, we'll, you know, we've talked to entrepreneurs and managers and community managers about Twitter and Facebook and all kinds of things. And also we had... Uh, a member of the, I guess, Lotus Diaspora, <laughs> Alan Lepofsky was on last week talking about social tech. So we're going to cover some of the products that people are using to be social inside the firewall as well. Obviously, since I'm coming from the IBM world, I do have a little bit of a, a pro-IBM, pro-connections bias, but we wanted to open it up and really let people see how these tools the free ones and the competing ones, how they're all used inside the businesses. So here's a question. Did Alan Lepofsky sound like Ed Brill? <laughs> he said that Ed had actually come to town. This was not on the podcast. I think this was beforehand. He said that he had come to, Ed had come to Toronto and they had had dinner and they were going to post a picture to prove that they were two different people, but they didn't want to encourage that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. That's a likely, <laughs> likely story. <laughs> and you have Mary Beth Raven on as well, I think, fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, she came on. She talked about the Champions program, about what she had done with blogging and being part of these different conferences and speaking and how that feeds into what she does in working on UI design for the Lotus product. So we've had several people from the Lotus, Lotus community and then also a good number from outside. That's part of my... Um, part of my my evil plan is that if I can get some folks from outside the Lotus community to come on, maybe they will hear about how awesome we are and want to hang out with us and buy our stuff. So definitely help spread the word about that. I would definitely appreciate it. And I think 
while I was talking, Darren came up with his tip. Okay, so keeping in theme with the last 51 episodes, I panically looked around my office and I saw something rather cool that I forgot about. Uh, it's a company called Matrox. They've been around for millennia. They make graphics cards and I thought they'd been put out of business by NVIDIA and AMD, but apparently not. And on my desk, I have a Matrox M9120 plus LP. Try saying that after four Guinnesses. <laughs> but the reason this card is kind of cool is because I'm running out of space on my monitors. I've got two big 23-inch monitors on this computer, but I need more, believe it or not, and this puppy <laughs> will power four monitors. Excellent. Yeah, like Captain Kirk, dude. <laughs> so is this hooked up to your big new LCD screen? Oh, no, that's my gaming computer. No, oh, okay. that's my 40-inch TV, right? That is uh, for business, if the IRS asks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, yes. It's for video conferencing. <laughs> yes, it is. It's for video conferencing. Any idea with, how... With, any idea how much the Matrix card is, Darren? Um, I think it was like 500 bucks. It was actually strangely cheap, but the problem is when it ships to you, it only does two graphics cards, uh, two monitors, and you have to buy like another $150 cable to get the four, so that's where the cost comes from. Wow. Expensive bit of kit, but it sounds good. Okay, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Thank you. And my tip for this week is actually the only chargeable bit of software we use to do this podcast, at least when I'm recording at this end. So this is Audio Hijack Pro, um, which is an app um, that's been around for quite a while now. It's from a company called Rogue Amoeba, a very, very well-known developer for the Mac. It's a free trial available. Uh, if you buy it, it costs $32. There's also a family pack available. And basically, it takes inputs from various different places around your computer and records them for you. That's pretty much all it does. Sounds pretty simple, but it's got a huge amount of functionality in there in terms of being able to filter, uh, you know, change volumes, um, change your know, balance between different inputs and so on. Very, very clever. Does some scheduling as well um, and you know, provides you with a really good way of, of capturing your audio. Um, plenty of people ask me what the work flow is for this podcast basically we record an audio hijack pro um do some leveling and so on we'll talk about that another week and then bang it into GarageBand, which of course comes free with every mac and that's how we then produce the podcast and, and get it um get it onto the the site darren does it a bit differently because it does it on a windows machine but that's basically the workflow on the mac and audio hijack pro i think is a great bit of kit 32 dollars as i say so links in the show notes for that one so that is um, episode 52 out of the way. Can't believe we've done a year already. Of course, we've got something to look forward to. I'm going to see you two guys in real life for once. So we're going to see you on Sunday uh, before UK Lug. Are you looking forward to being back in the UK, Darren? I am going to be a very... That's a very expensive trip to be your taxi driver. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a little worried about Darren as a person because we're going to see his family after UK Lug, and he hasn't said anything about, oh, I can't wait to see my family. He just keeps talking about fish and chips and Sunday dinner and what are they English called? Chinese. Squishy, squishy peas? What are they? Mushy peas. Yeah. Peas. I think there's that title. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's going to be great to see you, and I look forward to uh, UK Lug too. It's going to be an exciting uh, week or so, and I hope you enjoy your holiday too while you're over here. So, um, Lisa, why don't you kick us off? Can you tell us um, you know, how do people find you? And also, I didn't give you a chance to introduce yourself at the beginning. Do you want to tell us a quick bit about what you do for STS as well? Yeah, I am Darren's keeper. <laughs> <laughs> What's your job title? Are you CEO? Me? Yeah. Yeah, sort of, but it's not that exciting when you don't have a lot of minions. 
you know, I'm the CEO that also loads the dishwasher. So, <laughs> so she, yeah, she, usually, uh-huh. She, she lines up her cuddly toys on chairs so she feels like she has I more minions. Them, I give them orders. I'm like, you make copies, you do the filing, and they just sit there and look at me. So it's like having real employees. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, basically I do everything except touch the servers. So I do all the back office, sales, marketing, and then when it starts to get technical, we bring Darren in. I've had to tell people several times, you do not want me to touch your server. So uh, that's what I do here. As far as how to find me, I'm on Twitter at Lisa Duke. Uh, that's probably the best way to reach me. And then I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn. And the business, if you want to hire Darren, and you should because he's fantastic, um, simplified-tech.com is the website for the business. Terrific. Thank you. And Darren, how do people track you down? And Lisa's real job, she is the IT equivalent of a Medusa. She just looks at a server and it breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Darren will come back from being out on a client site and I'm like, will you go stand by the printer? And he's like, why? And I'm like, do, do I need to work on it? No, just stand there. And it's like, brr, brr, all the papers start out. <laughs> I, I, there's something with my aura, I don't know. They, they, they fear me. The computers fear me. <laughs> just um, wait till dad gets home. <laughs> that's right. Blogs.darrenduke.net for all things kind of technically related, although it's been a lot less now that I've got this outlet to rant about. And on Twitter, Darren Duke, all one word for my 140 characters or less, rants. Yep, and don't email Darren without copying me unless you're okay with not getting a response. Yeah. He, doesn't, he fixes like email, an, doesn't read it. It's like it never happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you both. I really appreciate you taking part in this episode. Look forward to seeing you both in the next few days. I am Stuart McIntyre. Uh, find me on Twitter at Stuart McIntyre and uh, at the company webpage, which is collaborationmatters.com. So until Monday's show at UK Lab, this was This Week in Lotus. Bye. All opinions expressed are those of the participants and not their companies, even though they own their companies and they're doing all the work. Guys, my Mac, believe it or not, has crashed. No, so, Macs are what? sacred from heaven. I know. So, so we are still recording, but I have no control of mouse or keyboard.